What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mic check, one, two. Uh, Jeremy here, I am Sans Bridie, and uh, we're, unfortunately, this week, uh, we have a full episode for you, except we're not going to have any foreplay, we're going to skip right to the main event. No lube, no foreplay, just raw dogging it, straight and dry. How's that sound? Um, uh, I, I made a big boo-boo, I really fucked up, and I've poured, um, beer all over, uh, our MacBook, and so, we, uh, we're kind of fucked, uh, but we're, we're, it's all been figured out, uh, it just means that we actually didn't, uh, we're not able to record a, a, um, a foreplay segment for this week's episode. So we're going to throw it right to our conversation with Stormy. Um, and she is a solo polyist, and she was an incredible guest. Uh, it was really fun for Bridie and I to sit down and chat with her um, because we got a really neat perspective on what it's like to be polyamorous from somebody who's doing it completely different from Bridie and myself um, and Becca and Todd. So we hope you enjoy this week's episode. We love you so much. Hopefully our uh, MacBook woes will be taken care of by next week and we'll get a real juicy, super lubed up, non-raw-dogged, sexy-ass foreplay for you next week. Um, So without further ado, enjoy the show. So, hi, Stormy. Hi. I like that name. 
Thank you. Uh, I like it too. What's the what? There's a there's a that's just the shortened version. It's uh it's technically playful storm. Playful storm. But we're gonna yes. go with stormy. I think that's a little easier to roll off the tongue. It's true. Um, what are we what are we here to talk about today? Are you the solo po- po- poly? I am a solo folk? polyist. Okay, uh, polyist. Polyist. Yeah. Well, so, heard that before. So here's the here's the thing okay. about about. Um, I think a lot of people that listen to this show aren't polyamorous. I think I think we have we probably yeah. have some poly people that listen for sure. Oh, I can guarantee you do. Yeah, <laughs> but I I feel like the majority of the people who listen probably aren't. Probably not. And um. And but might be polycurious. Yeah, polycurious. Lots yeah. of polycurious. Totally. Actually, in Halifax, has a really big uh, polyamorous community, including a lot of allies. Yeah, ah, right. a lot of allies. We have a Facebook group actually, and there's over 300 people that are currently on it. How we are we not? Yeah, how are we I'd not on say, that? how are you not part of I our know. Facebook group? I'm I, one of the admins. You need to like. You know, <laughs> oh, you know, know what I know, though, Brady and I are the worst for being a part of any group. We're always oh. just like doing our thing, and like people are like, "But we have a group. Come join." And we're like, "What? That existed?" <laughs> so we'll have to join now. We put on like really cool events. Cool. And we like brunches and coffees and well, things. The thing that I was gonna kind of dive into is the fact that, um, and I think, and and this is something that I just learned through through resources. Um, you know, especially reading more than two. That book that we we picked up, that Aaron picked up. Yeah, it's an amazing roommate. book. Amazing book, right? This huge yeah. resource of like life as a person who identifies as polyamorous and it's very quickly in in kind of flipping through this book i realized how not black and white and how very vast the world of polyamory is and can be which makes total sense right it's like you start mixing people together and and different people have different views and different people vibe in different ways and how does that all work and it it all kind of comes out in the end in this very unique sort of blend of Mm -hmm. how people view polyamory the way that it works for bridey and i is obviously i think we're going to find out is very different from how it works for you Probably. And you're probably very different from a lot of the people in this Facebook group oh, and so on and absolutely. so on. So why don't you tell us what po- solo polyamory is? Polyest. Yes. What's I'm a just... solo polyest? <laughs> uh, well, basically, uh, so solo poly is polyamorous, but in a slightly different way in the fact that with normal traditional relationships, whether they're... Um, mostly with monogamous relationships tend to follow this hierarchy very, very diligently, uh, mostly by society standards. And polyamory is definitely a lot freer in it. But there's like this relationship escalator where it's like you you meet somebody and you get together and you create a commitment and then you normally get, you know, you move in together and you get married and kids and dogs and pick white picket fence and the whole thing. And then you like reach a top and it's like, oh my gosh. And now you have to start all the way at the bottom. You don't talk about past relationships. A lot of times things like that with polyamory, it's very different where you can go back and forth a lot, but there's still a different, uh, like a relationship escalator that ends up happening. So you're still like, there tends to sometimes still be a hierarchy, even within the language of like primaries and secondaries mm-hmm. and different things like that. No, there's a lot of people that are changing the language, which I think is amazing to things like anchor partners and other mm. partners and things like that. And there's a whole round range of language that's coming up, which is amazing. And so I think it's really beautiful. For people who don't know, primary and secondary, like mostly how that's viewed is like a primary partner is like the partner that that normally that you live with that you live with or, or you're married you share to, your or you, bills with or exactly. you're married to or whatever. that's the person that you're like enmeshed with and you're kind of doing that relationship escalator with mm. and then the others are the people that you have on the side not really on the side because again language is really difficult to use so like when yeah. you know so it's like they're the other partners that are brought into the relationship mm-hmm. and then added in and mixed in and things like that so when bridey and i started this process we yeah. used um we we looked at primary and secondary and it just didn't it like it felt kind of uh like i don't know a little icky like it just yeah. wasn't like it wasn't it really creates a hierarchy of like this person's more important than this person yeah and in polyamory that's not really the way it's supposed to be yeah. in quotation marks kind of thing like we used inside 
and outside partner. So like the inside partner, Brody and I, outside partner would be Becca and I. Yeah. Um, But like even now, like I feel like if we came back to that, like what what we would call that, I feel like maybe that would change. Like the way that we would view, I don't know, the the, like the hierarchy or the the sort of... um... It's constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about language is it constantly is in the relationships and how you define them and things Mm -hmm. like that. But specifically with uh, with solo poly is we never step on that relationship escalator. I don't ever want to necessarily be that anchor primary inner partner. So what's really important to me is keeping my own autonomy, my own independence. And within that doesn't mean that I can't have really deep, meaningful, vulnerable, loving, intimate, you know, relationships with other people. Uh, In fact, I'm currently enmeshed in multiple relationships that are amazing and super wonderful to me. But I live on my own. I keep my own finances. I keep all my own independence. And that is really important to me. And my partners understand that. And I don't ever... I've, I've never wanted to like live with anybody. Even when I was a child, like the thought of getting married, I was like, fuck that. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. I once, when I was nine years old, met somebody who did artificial insemination. I'm like, you are my goddamn hero. <sighs> you need to tell me how this works and what happens and give me all the details. And she did, much to my mother's chagrin, <laughs> you know, but I was like, that is what I want. I don't, I've never felt like I've wanted to like enmesh myself within another person, whether, you know, that was something that we both wanted or, you know, like done in a consensual and loving and t- typical way. But I've never wanted to like do that relationship thing. You know, society is always like, oh, well, you know, you need to, Disney is so bad for constantly being like, oh, you know, you find your prince and you marry and happily ever after and all these different things. Mm. And I always rejected that idea. Why, why? Why do you think you always rejected that? Did you, um, have you ever like dive into that? Uh, I had a very... Uh, turbulent childhood and uh, within that I had to discover my own independence very very early on in life Mm. Uh, my mother was a single mom with uh, three kids and a stepkid and we we had foster kids constantly in the house as well and it was one of those things where our house was always chaos and I always felt like I had to like control things and take care of things were you the oldest absolutely (laughs) I'm I'm like the typical oldest child and I have all the oldest (laughs) child syndromes I really do you know and within that it's just I've always loved being me in whatever form that takes and whatever shape that takes and figuring out who me is and it took me a long time because I'm also very much of a caretaker and I took basically 10 years out of my own life where I took care of my mother who who ended up with a terminal illness and took care of her. You know, my brother had some issues and whatnot, and so it took time for him and my sister. And, you know, all these people that I love and care about, and, you know, I'm more than happy to do it. But I put my own life on hold, and then so when I found my my own place again again and and whatnot it was like, I'm not letting this go. I, I need to keep this. Do you think it'll always be like that? I think so because even as a child, much my sister loved playing Barbies and my Barbies never got married. Hers would have like these amazingly huge like three-day weddings and honeymoons and the whole thing. And I'd be like, whatever, they went to the courthouse. Who cares? Yeah. You know, like I've never, like my Legos never got married. My None of my dolls did. Like I've never wanted to do marriage. All my all my dinkies got married. Uh, all uh, my trucks married the trucks married the El Dorado or the, uh, the El Caminos. <laughs> the school bus married the cop car. Yeah, you know. That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely... Even my brother every once in a while would like do things like that. His G.I. Joe married different people and things like that. And, you know... And my established Hulk. long-term <laughs> Exactly, you know, and, and they yeah. were all about that. And I was just like, no, I, d- I don't want that. So from the very beginning, you knew that. Do you think that was like a bit of a... So I'm kind of, you know, I'm relating to you a little bit. I grew up the oldest of five girls and uh definitely yeah. like took on a parenting role was like yep. i'm in charge and you know my pa- you know my parents still require a little bit of parenting yep and uh <laughs> and I, uh I like i'm really resistant to responsibility and i take a lot of it on yep. uh in my own life and i have taken a lot of it on in uh my and jeremy's relationship and i take it hey, on what are you saying uh well if you want to get into it no, no, no. um but i think i think there's like a, a part of me that is like um 
really idealizing what you're talking about this whole like living alone not mixing finances like not being you know an anchor to anybody but myself well what's funny is like you've always kind of talked about that like in our relationship remember like your your mom doesn't live with her husband they your mom lives in well your mom lives on pei but like your mom was living in ireland and your stepdad was living in London yeah. and they never lived together. And I was always like, how the fuck does that work? See, I think and, that sounds amazing. I think Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Beautiful. I, I love it. I've been, right? and I remember saying this to Jeremy, like in our second year of dating and him and being like, no, people don't do that. Uh, I yeah, like, I, I was totally, oh, okay. I totally <laughs> did not get it. And, yeah. and I totally pushed it away because it scared me. Yeah. Right. It was one of those things where it's like it's like when you when you bring up polyamory in a room where there's like a couple of like a, maybe newly a few married. couples and there's <laughs> yeah. like a newly married couple and they're yeah. like, what the fuck is this oh, fucking right. bullshit? Yeah. And yeah. they just yeah. like immediately <laughs> pull back. Well, it was like that. Like it was a scary idea of being like, wait, we're, like we're, be together, but not be together. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Live in separate places. Well, fast forward to now. Things have changed big time. Like you're, you're, you're basically moving. We've never even said this on the podcast yet. You're moving. You're moving to Cape Breton. Wow. I, yeah. And we I are going to live all, in separate places. Yeah, yeah. And it's very all up in the air right now. And timelines are crazy and yeah. all that. But that's something we're starting to explore. For or sure. if that happens, it happens. And yeah. if it doesn't happen, then whatever. Fuck it. But uh, again. He's already, he's already got a new roommate. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, but it, like, that was a fucking scary thing. Yeah, I get it. It was a scary thing. And, like, even, even when we, you know, like, our relationship evolved into what it is now, and, you know, we have these tools to, like, cope with, you know, all of the things that come up with polyamory, like feelings of jealousy or insecurity or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, and, like, dealing with that really well. But then this thing comes up where it's like, I'm going to, I'm leaving, I'm going to go to Cape Breton. And, it was like the fucking scariest thing in the world. Yet, I we feel like I feel really good now yeah. about yeah. that, right? Yeah. And I get it now. Now I get what you were saying, like two years into our relationship, when you were going, <laughs> "Yeah, let's live apart. Like yeah. let's live yeah. in different spots." And I'm going, "Yeah, okay, yeah, no, it I took get you it." Two years to catch up. I get it, yeah. and I do. I do kind of enjoy that that sort of independence, the yeah. idea of that. You know, a, a lot yeah. more than I fucking did originally, because yeah. you know that I'm, a, I'm a dependent motherfucker, <laughs> stubborn and dependent. There you go. So Come at me, ladies. Come at me. Yeah. So stormy. Um, how long have you been declared polyamor- polyamorous? Uh, well. I actually have only been poly for about three and a half, four years that I've officially like claimed it as my own. Uh, I always sucked at monogamy really bad and I could never figure out like why and it just didn't work. In what and way? Like were you, were it you was, like... Relationships would just never really work out in the fact that um, I enjoyed looking at, you know, other people with my partner and checking guys out and checking girls out. And, you know, I'm also pansexual. So, you know, the world is my oyster. And so mm. looking at people and being like, you know, hey, current boyfriend, isn't this chick really hot? And they're just like, oh, how dare you say that? Oh, my gosh. Threatened. And feel so threatened by it. And I love relationships in all their different forms. And I believe that not every relationship that's important and intimate needs to necessarily have a sexual component. So like I've mm-hmm. formed really deep emotional con- you know, connections with certain people, which again have threatened you know, my monogamous lover at the time. And so it was one of those things where just, I just swore off of it for a long time because I'm like, obviously I'm doing this wrong. And I really felt like I was a failure at relationships. And yeah. I'm like, well, I don't want to get married anyway. I have, you know, plans for the rest of my life. I, you know, I have other things I'm going to do so who cares right like I'll just put you know sex and all that type of stuff on the back burner and then I you know took care of my family and did different types of things and then when I moved out here about seven years ago I was like no I've got to like find out what makes me happy again and things like that and I started doing research and looking into things and I started back at school um, and then all of a sudden I was like wait a second you know I was on FetLife and you know met people and I formed a really deep emotional connection with this one guy who was polyamorous and he was the one who actually explained it to me. 
And we had this beautiful, deep emotional connection for months. And we actually lived in the same city, but it was hilarious because we actually tried to go out for coffee in person once and it was just weird and awkward. We ended up spending <laughs> the entire time on our phones texting each other because we we're like, this is the type of relationship that needs to just not be in person. Okay. But it was so important to me. And so I did a lot of research into, okay, well, what does that mean and what does that look like? And, you know, looking at books like, you know, More Than Two and, you know, The Ethical Slut and just different resources that were out there and places that I could go to talk to people. And then I found the... Um, polyamorous group on face on FetLife and then Facebook and it was like I need to get connected I need to find this and then I finally like found my space and as soon as I had that word again language is important as soon as I had that word that was like this is what it is and this intentional family that you can create within polyamory it was like boom it's like the, the heavens opened the angels started singing and I felt like at peace and I no longer felt like a failure at relationships uh, what was that process like because I you know when you said you felt like a failure failure at relationships I remember like my first couple long-term relationships and then going into my relationship with Jeremy being like am I doomed to repeat this cycle over and over? Because, like, the way it manifested for me was, like, I just couldn't stop myself from making out with other people, even though I was in a committed relationship. I never had a relationship that lasted more than three months until I declared myself polyamorous and went into that. And, I mean, now I've been in a relationship for... We're going on our second second year anniversary. It's the longest relationship I've ever been in in my entire mm. life. And do they have other partners as well? Sure do. Okay. He... Um, he has another partner that he has been with for eight years now. Wow. And uh, yeah, they're amazing. And his other partner is like one of my best friends. She's amazing. She is so fabulous and such an amazing support for me. And I mean, again, that's another relationship that I, I treasure and value deeply. And I love the fact that he's a lot of times like, hey, if you guys end up, you know, you guys haven't spent any time together. How about instead of spending time with me, you guys go out together, you know, and you guys spend time together. And our relationship between her and me is just as important to him as my relationship with him and I or him and her. Does she see anybody else? Currently, no. But she definitely has that option. And he tries to encourage it as much as he can. He's very incorrigible (laughs) it's so funny it's just like this ebb and flow of things because i i had pretty much uh i uh, we're pretty new to the polyamory scene oh yeah we've been doing it like maybe a couple of years and it's still we're still just figuring it out and um you know it escalated in the last couple of years. So it started with like, let's explore this physically to like, oh gosh, we're now we're in the situation where we're falling in love with other people. And how does that work? And, um, uh, Jeremy had just started dating Becca and I had just sort of finished courting the idea of dating this guy and it didn't work out. And I was like, you know what? I don't think polyamory is for me. Not, not like, uh, I don't want to be a part of this relationship with Jeremy seeing other people, but I was like, I think I can only handle one at a time. And then I want to reinvest the rest of this energy I've been putting out in myself. And, and that met, is so important. Yeah. And so important. I was so resistant to starting to hang out with Todd and, uh, and now he's a f- fucking, he's a thing. Mm-hmm. He's in there. <laughs> now I can't, <clears throat> you can't really, not. you really don't like once you open yourself to an experience, yeah. It really just starts to take a life of its own. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like I it, I've oh, I've had so many people be like, "How do you do it? Like, how do you I can't wrap my head around how you can like be okay with Brady like staying the night at someone else's house or like whatever." Um and I I always come back to like, "Yeah, and I couldn't wrap my head around that like 3 years ago." Like that's not that just wasn't my reality. It's so like, well, you find yourself in it, and then you figure it out. It's like, yeah, exactly. You open not you find yourself in it, but you open yourself up to it, and then you you have no idea what you're. You have no idea what you're fucking opening up. There's so much out there, and the neat thing is, fact is, in all honesty, like polyamory has been around for ten years. (laughs) 
<laughs> it only started um, yeah. 10 years ago. It was around in like the ancient Mesopotamia times. And it actually comes from a matrilineal thing where like the women were in charge. And it's another thing I like, like as a being a woman and things, it's, it's, I find it very empowering a lot of times too, yeah. you know. And it wasn't until, you know, the uh, feudal stage where all of a sudden it became about lineage and passing on lands that yeah. they were like, wait a second, we have to chop down on this. And polyamory was like, no, you can't be a part of it. We got to know, you know who inherits this land. Exactly. Whose baby is this? Yeah. Ooh. You know, we can't be having children everywhere. We have to know exactly <laughs> who's coming from where and what's happening. And, you know, because and then this big hierarchy system started to happen and, you know, it became very classist and things like that. Whereas back in like, you know, ancient times when it was a lot of like gatherers and hunters, it was about the community. Yeah. So it was more about like what's best for the community, what's best for everybody. And, you know, you, everybody's having kids, everybody's raising kids, everybody's taking care of each other. And it was just about the, you know, the betterment of everybody. It's way easier to kill a mastodon with a poly... Uh, group and <laughs> used to kill a mastodon with just you and your wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like get your wife's boyfriend <laughs> and his boyfriend to join you. You're gonna get, take that mastodon down. Yeah. If it's just you and your wife, you're fucked. You're totally fucked. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Uh, Sexodon was like such a fascinating <laughs> read on that particular topic and being like, oh yeah, it makes psych like it's so it's so common sense that if anybody could be the dad then everybody's going to take care of this kid. Yep. And I like that. I guess mm. there's only a, there's no question about the mom ever. For the most part, there's really not. <laughs> For the most part. <laughs> Unless yeah. it means the switch of birth situation thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, so which, that probably happened a lot, actually. It, it might have, you know. But it was just, yeah, I just, I love that beauty of that community. And one of the things I love about, like, my relationship structure specifically is we've created this really amazing intentional family. Mm. Uh, you know, there's four of us in it, and we're all super connected to each other. There's not a sexual component within every relationship, but there doesn't need to be. It's about taking care of each other, and the four of us are always there for each other. You know, like, right now, one of them is in surgery, and so that I have the opportunity to be here talking to you, the other two are there taking care of him, and that's what we do for each other other so you are currently um like engaged romantically or sexually or or whatever with um two other gentlemen right now one gentleman one woman one woman one gentleman yes the gentleman yes. and the woman are separate relations like they're there are they together they sure are they're together too they sure are oh wait so is were they the are they the couple that have been together for eight years nope. okay wait i'm confused Whoa. i'm lost here we go all right okay. so, so stormy is with it, a man is yeah and she is with a woman so there's 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 gi mm -hmm. and yes. then there's Gilin one okay yes. they've been together for eight years okay. yes and they have this super amazing relationship. And you and, and I are together. Friend, yeah, me and Gear together. You and Gilin one are, are not, just yeah, not amazing yeah. friends. Got yes, it. I consider her a sister. She's fabulous. All right. And then there's Gilin two, and her and I have recently started something. It's super new. It's super exciting. It's super amazing. Mm. And her and Guy have had something going for a little bit longer. Oh. And so they're definitely a little bit more. So have you? Involved. Did you meet Gilin two through Guy? Uh, yes, but we all kind of like, the three of us sort of met each other all from the same area in the same uh, type of scenarios right, and things sure. like that. So right. uh, she was definitely part of the poly world and then things just became deeper and more intimate. Cool. So he brought her in and then I, I like to think I kept her there. <laughs> <laughs> do the three of you, uh, do you and Guy and Guy Lin too um, engage together or is that like you guys sure keep do. that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, why, why not? Why would you? It really <laughs> like, would be silly. Seriously. Yeah. And Gilen 1 doesn't ever participate in that. No. Does she participate with Gilen 2? Nope. She she's is. On she's one own. of those people that is like beautifully, wonderfully, a hundred percent straight. Yeah, and okay. she appreciates you know the beauty of other women and things like that, but she has no romantic feelings for women at all. And is she like kind of more so inherently monogamous, but like? Within this poly sort of situation, and and content with that, she or is she poly and just like well, I just haven't found somebody else? Well, it's interesting because she was actually very monogamous uh, beforehand. Before Guy was very poly, and when they met, you know, 
he came out very quickly that he was, but she wasn't. And so mm. it was like, how is this going to work? So she came into it from a very monogamous perspective. Right. And they definitely had some issues in the beginning and how is this going to work? And especially when he wanted to add another partner at one point. And, you know, they've had definitely had their storms, but at the same time, they've also really figured it out and done amazing things for each other. And throughout it, she has had other partners and sort of indulged in that. Mm. But she's kind of similar to what you were saying, Bridie, about how she loves having that extra time for herself and working mm. on herself. You know, she's also somebody who, she's the oldest in her family as well. She takes care of, you know, her family as well and very involved in that. And so she's somebody who's very busy and very caretaking. So a lot of times she really enjoys when she has that extra time. So I've started to kind of almost consider it. She's polyamorous with herself and with Guy, mm. you know, because mm -hmm. that time for herself is super important. So it's so, so important. respectful, like so respectful, yeah, uh, respectable, yeah. respectable. It's hard. <laughs> it's amazing because you know we live in this culture where people are always saying like, oh, you know, time flies, and like. Yep. You know, I, you know, I just ran out of time or I'm busy or like they use these words that are like, I, I have my time is being allocated. We refer to time as money. We spend oh, time, you know, we, you know, we, we save time, etc. And it being in a poly relationship, I've become the one thing that I wasn't really anticipating was like, oh, I'm never alone. I'm with one partner or yeah. I'm with the other partner. Yeah. yeah. And both of those, well, Jeremy, I don't know. I don't know if you get any alone time, but I value my alone time and I don't get a lot of it get, these I don't days. get any alone time. And I feel like I re I've, I've lately been struggling with like neglecting other, my other important relationships, mm. like my friends yeah. Um, which happens anyway, I feel like with people in our demographic, you get into a relationship, you start kind of, yep. you know, you know, you get into your groups, people start having babies or whatever, and like you lose touch. But yeah. right now I'm really feeling it. I'm really feeling disconnected from like the other really important relationships in my life. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite like, that's, that's one of the things that also has come up a number of times and people ask about you know, they're curious about polyamory or they're just like, how does it work? And one of the things that I get a lot is like, how the fuck do you have the ability or the time to, to split your energy in so many different ways? And I don't know what the, I don't know the answer. I'm, I'm like, I have no idea. I have Learn no idea. It just, works. it just is skills. like, it's just happening, I guess. I don't know. You know? And it's like, it's not, uh, it doesn't get, but that's where I, you know, in terms of the lo alone time, I don't get very much of it, but... You don't need very much of it. I, I don't. I, I really do love being surrounded by people and engaging with people, but I do fucking need some alone time sometimes. And man, float floating, a little oh. plug for the flotation center here. If, you're, if you haven't gone to it in Halifax, they're not endorsing this podcast, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, they're good friends of mine, and if you need some alone time, if you need some alone time, if you're a poly person and needs some, <laughs> alone, yeah. go lock yourself lock in a box yeah. of very dense salt water, and just close your eyes for an hour. It's that actually sounds pretty fucking amazing. Amazing, <laughs> yeah, really, it's amazing. For me, yeah. it's my mo it's my yoga. It's like moksha class. Like, put me on a mat for yeah. one hour. Let me take a vacation from everybody. Anyway. It's important that we take time for ourselves within those relationships, you know, because our set like you're stuck with yourself all the time. You're mm. never leaving yourself, and yet we tend to devalue the time and effort we put into ourselves all the time. Being like, no, I need to be there for that person. No, I have to do this. No, I have to do that. At the same time, it's like when you're on an airplane and you know the things come down there. So you always put your own mask on first before you help other people. Yet we don't actually use that in our everyday life we're constantly like go 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 do this for other people be a part of other people but mm. we don't schedule time for ourselves we gotta one, be selfish you gotta be selfish yeah well one one Sometimes. way it was put to me is uh the only person you have to spend the rest of your life with is, is yourself, yourself. yeah yep. i love that i love it too and i just uh, that came to me through you know from therapy like yep. 13 years ago when i was like struggling um, so unless hard. you're one of the people from human centipede in that case you are stuck with <laughs> however many your people lips. you have your mouth sewn to butthole. someone's yeah. butthole. 
and butthole what your butthole to their mouth. I would like to not be part of a human centipede. <laughs> yeah. That's something I think I will veto and void out. Me, <laughs> I, I actually sent an me and Yip sent an email to the director asking to put us in the in the, like the in the sequel sequel. sequel? Yeah, oh, there in, you the, in the uh, human centipede three. Yeah, they never got back to us. I was really oh no, sad. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, that's a whole hilarious yeah. story. Um, so you mentioned so other than being poly, you mentioned you're a kinky. As yeah, well. oh yeah. <laughs> what are you, what's, what's you? What are you jamming on right now? Uh, my exhibitionist has definitely oh, uh, cool. come out. Uh, I was at the last nightshade and with uh, both my partners, and it was it was pretty amazing. Uh, it was pretty fun, and I actually have come to really enjoy being uh, a submissive in very specific situations. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm constantly in control in my own life, and there's so much that I'm doing and so much responsibility I have. That, you know, to give myself over to people that I can trust and, you know, love and respect and things like that is really amazing. And then I don't have to think about shit. Mm. And I can just be like, oh, you want me to stand here so you can, like, whip my ass? Sure. Okay. Plus, I'm a huge sensationalist. So anything that has to do with, like, any form of sensation. Yeah. uh, the uh, fire play. Fire play is amazing. With the Wartenberg wheel. Oh, oh yeah, what's that yeah. again? That's the it's oh, like the, the little, little doctor's little thing with spike, oh. spiky wheel. Yeah, and on that a, on a stick, it's like yeah, a, it's uh, amazing. It's like a meter stick, we but used, with spikes. Yeah, we used one of those tools in high school for something. Uh, slicing, uh, for, um, perforating, for making, <gasps> your, yeah, you, making your sewing class. Oh, oh. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sewing, you could totally use it. But yeah, like, and depending on where you're putting it, how hard you're pushing it, there's so many different sensations that you can create with that thing, depending on where it's going. Mm. It's just really amazing. Yeah. So yeah, no, he yeah, brought that and uh, was quite fabulous. Um, so when you're being spanked, you like to be watched. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I put on a, I like to think it was a good show. I hope it was. Like, <laughs> I got some like, comments afterwards. Like, like, oh, don't spank me. Or like, what kind of show? Uh, no, I'm like harder just fucking hard like yeah. ram you know like all the, all the different things and stuff like that so yeah no do you, I, do you, you go to spa nights uh no i have not been there yet hmm. uh i you might I enjoy say, it i was to say i think that uh that's next on my list of things to uh definitely try with um with ghee do you ever, in the last couple of years, have you ever experienced any sort of jealousy? Uh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was I was oh, curious yeah. about that. Like someone who who basically like from the age of nine was like, yeah, I am. I like I just can't imagine ever settling down with one person. I was I I that was like one thing that was in the back of my mind was like, how did did you just never have to deal with the the hard parts? Because, because we're comfortable, but I still feel like twinges of jealousy from time to time. It's a natural human emotion. It really is like, and it's just something you have to confront, you know, in yourself. Um, You know, currently right now both Guy and Guilin too have a lot of you know that new relationship energy which is really exciting and I enjoy like you know getting off on that energy with them but at the same time it can also sometimes be a little bit like hey what about me too and like you know can kind of make you feel left out I more or less have come to realize that I have a jealousy over time you know, again, because I have so little of it that I sometimes get very jealous of the fact that you know Gilan one and Gilan two get more time with him than I do, and it makes me really frustrated. And then it's like, ah, oh. and then I feel myself giving up my own time in order to put in more because I feel this, you know, I feel you left end, out. And you end up like working that. on someone else's schedule. You're like, when do you have time for me? I'll make it I'll exactly. Make it and then I end up feeling really stressed and not great. And then the time we end up spending together just sometimes isn't as great. And then that makes me really frustrated. And I'm not the greatest at communication. <laughs> Wow. Unfortunately, so <laughs> that's hard. Which sucks because, especially in you know any, di- especially a polyamorous dynamic, you have to be able to communicate, and so it's definitely something that I'm working on. And I have to say, Guy has been really great um, at that as well. And actually, Gilin One is amazing. Yeah, and you know she's been my rock to be like, okay, so this is what I'm feeling. Why make it make sense? And then she does, and she's like, this is how you need to talk to him about it. This is how it works. And yeah. then I go and then we're just like, oh, yay. And uh, it's, it's much better. <laughs> but no, like definitely, definitely feel, you know, jealousy at different times. But I find that I don't dwell on it as much. And I try to like really analyze where is it coming from 
and what can I necessarily do about it? So here's something I'm going to introduce that I don't think I've talked about on the podcast before. Yay. Okay. Uh, but it was very, it, it's a part of my foundation in terms of looking at relationships. So about 12 years ago, I did my yoga teacher training, Moksha yoga teacher training in Thailand. And one of the teachers who came, and this is not a part of the curriculum, she just happened to be there. She did a little workshop where she explained this thing to us called languages of love. And this has impacted every relationship I've ever been in. And it's like one of those, I don't know, there's a book. There's like a theory, there's a philosophy, it's a self-help situation probably if you look for it in at chapters. But the principle is that there are basically five universal or global ways that we express love or that we recognize love as being mm. received. And they are quality time, uh, words of affirmation, um, physical touch, uh, gifts yep. and acts of service. Acts of service. So we Isn't recognize... Called, the book's called the five... five the languages of... The five love five languages. languages. Yeah, 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 I've heard yeah. about it. Five love languages. Yeah. So that just stuck out with me because you talked about uh, time, getting yeah. deals over time. And I have the same thing. So basically the with the, in the book, they, they or the with a the theory, they're like, you know... There's these five different ways that are pretty much globally recognized as as expressions of love. But usually we have like a primary one or two that we like really make us feel loved. Like when someone does something for you, like makes you coffee in the morning, like that's an act of service. Absolutely. Or, you know, someone like grabs your hand or like gives you a little massage. That's physical touch. And quality time is like making an effort to like be really present with you when they're there with you and like to do things together and uh words of affirmation are like i love you i'm like really attracted to you or i really value you or like you're so important to me and then what was the other one i didn't talk about um it's obviously not an important I one did. i did acts of service and quality time are my top two, two. yeah my mine's, big two mine's physical touch and affirmation and affirmation and you're usually they say attracted to someone with different ones than you but and though discord happens when you're trying to you're like but i'm ex i made the bed every week every mm. day this week and did all the laundry because i love you and jeremy's like i didn't even notice that yeah. because yeah. it's not important it's to not him. my thing yeah, yeah. And so he'll be like physically or verbally affectionate. And I'm like, but the laundry needs to be done. And so we're just like miscommunicating in our love languages. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't, I don't think I was there for that presentation. Like when, when you were like at that training or whatever, like when. No, when my was, training was. That was your training? My training. Okay, so, sure. So. One I'm, teacher who just happened right. to be there to deliver that. I've only been introduced to that and like kind of uh, have talked about and touched on that through you but it's something that has struck me and stuck with me since we started seeing each other and when you really sit like when i really sit down and think about it and we kind of break that down it makes so much sense oh, like absolutely. those are the things that we yeah. need and that we want in relationships it's like it's funny like becca is similar to me in that physical touch is like number one on the list right like but I don't think that words of affirmation are, are number two for her. Like, What do you think her number two would be? Time. Uh, yeah, 100% yeah, time. That makes sense. 100%. Conversations I've had with Becca, yeah, I yeah. get that. Um, um, but then, like, you, you know, for yourself, it is it is very different. And the two of you are very different in that. Like, if we go to bed, me and you will lay in bed. Maybe I'll, like, wrap my arm around you and, like, toes snuggle up to you. Together. Like, toes together. And, like, <laughs> and then by the morning or like by like 10 minutes from there it's like we're kind of a little bit separated but like i've always got my toes touching you somehow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whereas I like, like back and i go to bed and it's like two koala bears thinking the other koala bear is a tree right. and we are just like wrapped around each other and then i wake up the next morning and we haven't budged you know what i mean it's like and that's the but we love it. But we love it. And like we need it. And like I've I always. I need space when I'm sleeping. You do. And I've always needed touch. Always. Like yeah. always. I'm always wanting to be like close. Right. Yeah. Um, we all have those things. And 
I I love that. I love thinking about that. And I love looking at other people that I know and other couples and trying to like guess figure out like what's the That's what's their, their love. But it works with friendships too. It, it does. really does. Yeah, yeah. It really does. And I think it you know, so often, especially in society, we tend to devalue those friendships because there's no sexual component to it. But they can be just as important and have love languages in and of themselves you know, that are, you know, important and we need to, to grow and mm. to understand. See, I wonder sometimes, cause like, uh, words of affirmation are like loving or like, you know, those things have always made me really like, Oh yeah, no, I'm with you. And see, I he, it. I think is definitely a little bit more to those words of affirmation cause he's constantly giving to me and I appreciate it. And I, you know, and I've come to, you know, to, to be more, but I have a really hard time giving it back. <laughs> and oh, he's, yeah. he's really amazing mm. about being understanding of that mm-hmm. and uh because his other one is also i would have to say acts of service mm. uh, which is also for me as well uh, yeah. and so that one you know we share and you know we got down kind of a thing so it makes it better but yeah no i, I tend to get a little bit squeaked I out get, of it oh i get it because i yeah. didn't come from a physically or verbally affectionate family no and so i just don't like those things just make me feel a little bit squeamish but i recognize them in, in my other partner Todd, he definitely, words of affirmation. Like, every morning I wake up to, like, the sweetest fucking things I've ever heard in my life. But mm. also a lot of physical touching, which is, like, it's a... It's a, it's a, it's a lot. It's like it's, I'm smothered. <laughs> it's a bit of a push and pull. But I, I, I mean, but now at least I see it and I recognize it. Well, like, and that's the big thing about it is that, you know, if, if for people out there who are listening to this and they haven't heard about this or they're not really familiar with it, so valuable, I think, as as a as a human to really sit and and try to examine what what of those you know love languages or however you want to word it speak to you yeah, and like yeah. what you it, what it is that you need and what it is that you like to give it's a huge part in like that was a it'll first change thing. the way it, yeah. it'll in change your dating life it'll change the way that you interact with your partner like you don't have to read the book no don't read the book we just, we just gave you everything you, <laughs> you got know? the book yeah it's like the fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. secret <laughs> just do that and think positive and you'll win life yay um well this was this is this has been really this has been a really nice conversation. Yeah. Is there is there anything that we haven't touched on that you were kind of hoping to dive into? Uh... Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I don't think so. No? <laughs> no, it kind of came in with just... How's your partner in surgery doing? Oh, uh, he went through the surgery really well. So this is Guy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, currently, right now, he is in the hospital. But and Guilan 1 and 2 are both there? They're both there. That taking care beautiful. of him. I got to see him very quickly sleeping blissfully away uh, as I was uh, running out the door to uh, come here. And both of them being like, yep, go. We got this. So... And that's just a beautiful thing I love about our, you know, our intentional families, we call it. And the three of you women 
what's your dynamic like when you're the three of you are together we haven't had a whole lot of time to be just the three of us, okay. which is something that we are trying to fix. And, you know, Guy has been very big on do this, have this time together and uh, and and grow that relationship. Yeah. You know, but even like today with the three of us just, you know, hanging out all afternoon, you know, was actually really great and just really fun. And even though it was kind of a stressful situation for the most part, you know, we're finding a lot of joy and laughing and you know, just being together and enjoying each other's company, which I, is really nice. I just think like the um, the relationships, especially friendships or this kind of like intimate relationship, whether it's sexual or not, is just so between women is just I don't, heightened somehow because yeah. of our uh, and I'm maybe I'm just putting this out there, but a little bit witchy, but um, <clears throat> just be, just because I. Uh, I think we're a little more intuitive. We're a little more nurturing. We, yeah. you know, and like I hear you say, like that Guy wants the three of you to spend together, and I feel a little prickly because I feel like some listeners are going to be like, you know, like one man, he's got three women, like <laughs> blah blah blah. But at the same time, like I look around at a lot of the uh, older people moving around in the world, and I'm like, they're pods of women. Like the yeah. women mm. are like. They figured it out by like 60 or 70, it seems like. Your women are your homies. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I love the fact that um, the guy who wrote Wonder Woman was polyamorous. Ah. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was totally polyamorous. Like the recent movie that just came out. Well, no, the original creator of Wonder Woman Woman was polyamorous. And I don't remember his name, so I'm not going to try to say it. But um, he ended up, he was married and he had his wife and then he had a girlfriend and the two women were best friends. I don't believe they had a sexual component to it, but they were amazingly beautiful friends. Mm. And when he died, they were both there by his side and they continued to live together until they died. And they like continued on a lot of his writings because he had died before some of his stuff had gotten finished. So they finished it for him. Typical man. I know. I wonder, seriously. I wonder if George R. R. Martin <laughs> has two girlfriends that will continue his writings when he dies. At least oh. two or three. Oh, probably. He's at least yeah. imaginary yeah. dating yeah. all the female protagonists. 100%. He's got a Khaleesi for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, we all want a Khaleesi, let's be honest. Hell yeah. <laughs> so just to throw this out there for anybody who is interested, who's in the Halifax area, and because I didn't know about this, and I think this is really fantastic, but the if you are polycurious or you are polyamorous there is a facebook group halifax polyamory it's yep. a closed group yep I, I was doing some research while we were sitting here <laughs> it is closed, closed you must group. answer questions yeah that so there's a little application you, kind of we accept process. you i, I will not it. accept anybody if you do not answer the questions okay skill testing questions 373 <laughs> members that's a that's a, like a that's pretty good that's it a is. decent number yes. for people who join the group and like we didn't even know the group existed so like yeah. there, there's probably some other it people been, out there it's been there for years mm-hmm. and years like cool. you know i'm i'm one of the i'm the newest admin i think and oh you're admin you know, too uh i am Ooh. as well as uh there's at least two other people for sure and uh, yeah i think so there's actually like four or five admin there might be there. now yeah. Yeah. I, I think right. this maybe is a great episode to uh also share this information there's a book uh being um written currently about polyamory in canada uh, and they want to speak with someone from Atlantic Canada about their experience being non-monogamous. Mm-hmm. So the book will be published by Dundurn Press, D-U-N-D-U-R-N Press, and is expected with a deadline of April 2018. Um, and if you're interested in speaking with the uh, compilers of this book, it's polyamorousbook at gmail.com. So maybe write to them. They reached out to us and uh, I was like, well, you know, we're still pretty new, but we'll put it out to our listeners in case there's somebody who's been doing it a little bit longer than us yeah. who might have like uh, Ooh, call. Some, something really valuable yeah. to say. So again, polyamorousbook at gmail.com if you're listening. Because yeah, there's some of the people in that group that have been doing it for years. There's actually one girl who's even writing a children's book oh. on polyamory because oh, there are no children's cool. books on polyamory. Of course not. 
No, there's some that are kind of, kind of, sort of close, but not really. And then some that are really weird. Fucking make some people angry. Holy 100%. But as far as I'm concerned, they can go fuck themselves. (laughs) There's this great children's book that I remember picking up as a kid. It was called Some People Have Clean Hair, Some People Have Messy Hair. This was the name of the book. And it was just like all about clean hair and messy hair. And... I think now, looking back, obviously the message was like different strokes for different folks. But at the time, mm-hmm. I was like, this book has great illustrations. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this polyamorous <laughs> book does too, this kid's thank book. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Stormy. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Thanks really for having fun. me. It and was fun. thank you all so much for listening. We love each and every one of you. It's so deep. Such deep love. So deeply. <laughs> Such deep love. And intimately. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And we'll be back next week with another fascinating fun sexy time uh but until then it really does actually mean a fuckload i say it on both podcasts that i i host and produce we say it because we mean it go to itunes or go to apple podcasts uh subscribe for sure make sure you've hit that subscribe button so it just automatically downloads uh and rate and review let us know what you think uh we're on facebook instagram twitter and Email. Email us. Turn me on podcast at gmail.com. I've been, I was on a rampage today. You were just firing off the responses firing, today. I was having Sending a, nudes to every ball. one of them. Yeah, so you don't know what you're missing. Reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.